Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Do money matters stress you out? Well, instead of freaking out, get empowered and educated. And to help us do that, I've got credit expert Beverly Harzog right here, right now on Polly Campbell Simply Said. Hello and welcome to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And you know, for me, that includes a lot of money management, of thinking about money, understanding it. It's a trigger point for me for stress when I feel like I'm not aware of our budget or our income, which fluctuates a lot for me as a freelancer, right? I want to be tuned into our retirement investments, all of it. And yet I have a lot to learn. So I get really anxious. I'm always looking for inspiration, education, ideas about how to save money, cut costs, and manage, really manage the resources we have better. Right now, in particular, there's a lot out there, isn't there? But you've been hearing the news and and reading the articles about the rising rate of inflation and interest rates. You can see the costs going up in the grocery stores. And that can freak me out, (laughs) but I don't want to freak out. Instead of freaking out, I want to get educated. And so that's why I checked in with Beverly Harzog today. She's going to join us on the show to help us increase our financial intelligence, to really learn about what's going on in the world and what we can do on our end to be smarter financially. Welcome, Beverly. Thanks so much for having me, Polly. I'm so, I have so much I want to learn. I'm glad you're here. Beverly Harzog is a financial expert and a nationally recognized credit card expert and a consumer finance analyst for the U.S. News and World Report. She's also a best-selling and award-winning author of five personal finance books and the creator behind Cash Credit and Coffee, which is on Instagram, which I love because it offers great tips for on coffee and cash actually it also reminds me that i'm the one in charge of my money and that i need to take charge of my money right it's up to me there's a lot out there in the world right now about money where we need to worry what we need to do how do you start thinking about this right now and talking about what does these this inflation rate mean what do interest rates mean where do we need to put our attention yeah, you know, when the Fed recently raised the rates again, you know, I did a lot of interviews and they were asking me that same question. What does this mean, you know, for just, you know, everyday consumers? Yeah. Now, when they raise the rate, it has a direct impact on your credit card um, APR or interest rate uh, because the interest rate is tied to the prime rate. And so when the Fed raises that rate, they're actually raising the federal funds rate but then that impacts the prime rate, which impacts your credit card. Mm. Now, credit card debt is around a trillion dollars right now. It's really unprecedented. So many people have debt. And some of that is due to just high prices. You know, recently we've seen inflation ease just a tad, but not quite enough. And that's another reason why they raise the rates again. They're trying to uh, encourage people 
not to get into debt, not to buy things, you know, because the interest rates are so high. But one thing that happens when your interest rate goes up, if you've got credit card debt, you're going to pay compound interest on that. That means you carry balance from month to month. And with compound interest, you end up paying interest on your interest, <laughs> the, ah. the previous month's uh, balance. So, you know, you can really get yourself in a hole in a hurry. So one of the things I suggest, and uh, I love it that you touched on financial anxiety. Uh, a couple of months ago, we did a poll on financial anxiety at US News. And uh, about half said, uh, half of those who had financial anxiety said that it was very significant. I mean, to the point where you're having trouble sleeping, you're having trouble eating. Uh, and we also know that about half, a little over half, around 60% are actually living paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, some people may worry, well, you know, what's wrong with me? Why am I not managing my money better? Well, this requires, uh, you know, a new approach. When prices are this high and your cash flow isn't going up, and we've seen that wages are not keeping up, you know, with the cost of prices, uh, you know, the best thing you can do is just sit down, look at your budget. If you don't have a budget, get one, okay, uh, and track your spending. And if you do this for about a month, you'll start to see some patterns. You know, are you spending money where you don't need to be spending it? And I am not a believer in giving up your latte. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As you mentioned, I do cash credit coffee. Coffee is important to me. <laughs> but, um, you know, I make my own coffee. But maybe once a month or so, I'll go out and get a latte. Uh, but when I do things like that, I take that expense from somewhere else. I mean, I don't spend a lot on clothes. So, you know, I have my budget and I kind of work it out so that, yes, I leave treats for myself because that's real important, especially when you have anxiety. But I'm also taking care of my own personal economy. And, you know, that's really the thing. Try not to get real stressed about what you hear in the news, but focus on, you know, how does that impact just you? But also, what can you do to make your own personal economy better? I love that. Um, one thing I did, because I am having some anxiety about this, my income is unpredictable. It hasn't gone away, but it's unpredictable. And so I'm really used to over the years of managing our budget and knowing where money's going. What? So I'm out there once in a while, we'll get takeout or I'm buying food for school lunches. And it's even in those treats or even the produce for the school lunches that I'm seeing prices are really changing what we are doing in the family or they or they need to and, and what you said about the treat right if I want to do takeout now we need to do it less often or I need to take it from somewhere else because takeout is much more expensive than it that coffee is much more expensive than it was even a couple of years ago so I think that's an interesting thing because you put me in charge though you're not making me the bad guy or you're not making me the victim it's just hey have some awareness about what's happening and then tweak your lifestyle to accommodate that income or whatever is that right that's absolutely right and you really put that well you know today you know having knowledge being educated understanding how money works understanding how credit in particular works and uh, we just did a survey uh, of students about credit cards and somebody had debt we also asked about some common terms and they could uh, most of them the majority could, did not understand what a credit score even meant so once you get out there and just start you know improving 
your knowledge base of how all this works, you're going to feel empowered. You're going to feel a little less anxious. You know, you can't suddenly snap your fingers and increase your cash flow, but you can take a look at what's happening right now, see where you might be able to cut corners and see what you might be able to do to increase that cash flow. And that's that's going to be a different answer for every person. You know, my kids are grown. I don't have to worry about paying for school lunches anymore uh, or packing them. And as you pointed out, produce is so expensive. Everything in the grocery store is just so expensive. And one thing I do want to point out, since we're talking about just your everyday costs, you know, when inflation eases and it has eased just a little bit, you know, that just means that prices are going up low rate. They're still high. When inflation goes down, you know, let's say it drops from four to three percent, that doesn't mean prices go down. So you're, you haven't lost your minds. You know, <laughs> the prices are high. And sometimes I see the media try to tell people, oh, you know, it's we're doing great. But, you know, <laughs> all that matters is your personal economy. How are you doing and what can yeah. you do about it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I still I still have to drive the car. One thing we're doing using this as an opportunity to teach our daughter too, who's in high school, like, hey, we're not going to take a trip for the coffee and then take a different trip to the grocery store and then take a different trip to the school. We're going to take one trip because this is what we're spending in gas. It's, it's an opportunity to start teaching your kids and, and your partners and so forth about how this shows up in really practical ways, I think. Beverly, how did you learn all this? All right. It started a long time ago. <laughs> when I got out of college, I started getting, I didn't know anything about, I actually majored in accounting and became a CPA. This just goes to show you that no matter how much you think you know about the business world or corporate finance, it doesn't translate to personal finance. <laughs> that is a whole different thing. So when I got out of college, I um, got all of these credit card offers in the mail. I ended up applying for seven cards and got them all. And I remember I, to this day, I remember the envelopes, you know, they would say things like, you deserve this. And I'm like, yes, I do. Yes, you do. <laughs> and so I just started spending. I got myself into terrible credit card debt and it got so bad. Um, I had a, a retail card and I went to the store. It was a Macy's. Uh, back in those days, it was called Riches, but now it's Macy's. Um, and so I had, a, you know, the card, I went in there, I was trying to buy some designer jeans, like in total denial that I was in debt and my card got rejected. Mm. And at that moment, you know, I realized I'd been cut off from credit. It was a good thing and I needed to face what I'd done. So I spent a lot of time, I stopped using credit cards, stopped, okay? That was really the key thing. When you have debt, you have to stop increasing your balance. You know, you can't hit a moving target. So you have to step away from the cards and come up with an action plan. So I first started, you know, educating myself, you know, about how, you know, personal finance and credit in particular, I had a big problem with that, you know, and I, I learned more about it um, and I began to feel very empowered. And I also realized that credit is not intuitive. It really is something you have to learn, you know, and uh, once you do learn it, though, you can make great, much better decisions and often great decisions. <laughs> but I remember, uh, you know, I finally looked at my debt. I call this staring down your debt. OK, where you look at the amount, you know, you've got several cards, you look at all the amounts, you add it up 
Okay. And you take responsibility for that. Uh, you know, like I said, it's not, I don't like victim blaming. Okay. Uh, I don't want you to blame it on high prices, but I also don't want you to blame yourself. We're all human. People make mistakes. So be very good to yourself during this time when you're trying to get out of debt. And so I learned so much during that time. I got myself out of debt in about two years by eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for six months. <laughs> Basically just stopped going out. I was single at the time. So unless it was a date, I wasn't going out to do anything, to spend money. And I started throwing all this money at my debt. And uh, that had a big impact on me. I started doing freelance uh, financial writing. Well, I still had my day job. And I, I also uh, started you know, tra uh, transitioning from you know, working in corporate finance to focusing just on personal finance uh, you know, and being a writer, which is something I'd always wanted to do. So you know, that decision was made because I felt very passionate about you know, financial literacy. I wanted to make sure that what happened to me, you know, that I could use that to help other people prevent mistakes, you know, or help them get out of uh, problems if they have had trouble with credit. So, you know, that's why today I'm still so passionate about this because, you know, it can ruin your life when you're sitting there with a pile of debt and you don't know what to do. It's an awful feeling. And see, I can empathize. I know what that feels like. Yeah, I think it's a huge, huge weight. And I think um, it's interesting to how we physically look at money now. Like I said, our daughter is in high school. And when we, we got our starter debit card, there are some banks that have a program for high school kids to learn to manage their money, but it's, it's tied to mine for the protections and so forth. And she literally needed to learn that that card doesn't mean somebody's giving you the money, right? Because she's not to touching the dollars. She's not uh -huh. seeing the pile of dollar bills like when I was growing up. So when you talk about the education, you know, I, I don't think it's shameful, but it's an opportunity to learn mm -hmm. how it works. So we don't end up with that pressure on our- Absolutely. You know, there was a movie that came out a couple of years ago called Confessions of a Shopaholic. And I actually watched this. My daughter was a teenager at the time. So I watched this with her. And at the end of that, I, you know, it brought back all of my days of shopping. I really identified with that character. <laughs> and when that character was in, in her teen years, she remembered being at the store with her mom and seeing all these customers using these plastic cards. And she said they were magic cards. <laughs> you know, right. they were able to buy whatever they wanted. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about how we can become smarter consumers and still use that credit card without lending up this rabbit hole of, of debt that we can never get out of. So we're going to talk more with Beverly Harzog when we come back to Polly Campbell's Simply Said on the best business network of Electricast. Welcome back to Polly Campbell Simply Said. I'm Polly, and we're here today with nationally recognized credit card expert and consumer finance analyst for U.S. News and World Report, Beverly Harzog. And right before we went to break, Beverly, I wanted to take a deep dive into credit because you touched on it earlier at the show. We are in some situations now where the rising expenses of some uh, necessary needs, medical care and, and vehicle care and so forth, require us to 
to spend some on our credit card from time to time. How do we spend wisely? How do we manage credit without getting in over our heads? Is there a way or is it best to put down the cards altogether? Well, all good questions. Now, if you do have debt, I do want you to put the cards down right now <laughs> because, you know, as I mentioned, credit card debt, you know, it has compound interest and your balance can grow so quickly. So get a grip on that. Uh, and when you're ready to use credit cards again, you could also do kind of a self audit here and figure out how that happened. Did it happen because you didn't have enough cash flow and you really were just trying to make ends meet? Did you have a big expense and didn't have a high enough emergency fund to cover it? So you just want to uncover you know, what that is, you know, so, and so you can do whatever you can to try to avoid a repeat of that. And if it was impulsive shopping, well, you know, maybe you need to address that, you know, because I really hate seeing people get into debt. But okay, let's say you're okay right now, you're just having trouble paying your bills, you want to use credit cards. I mentioned having a budget before. If you don't have a budget, you're not going to know how much you spent or where you spent it, you know, and then you also have to track your spending. There are so many free money management, you know, uh, tools you can use. I use Mint. I've used it for a long time and I don't get paid to say this. I actually just really use it. <laughs> I like it. Mm -hmm. I've been using it for a long time. When my kids were teenagers. I taught them how to use it. So, uh, you know, we have a budget there and track expenses through that uh, money management tool. And that works for me when, you know, what if my weaknesses, and it's also good to figure out what are your weaknesses? What is it that you really like to do? I like to eat out. Okay. And we talked about how expensive it is eating out right now. So I cut way back on that. You know, I lowered my, uh, you know, my uh, limit on it. And I get alerts when I'm getting close to that limit. And I also use coupons. You know, I've become um, like an extreme couponist now. <laughs> and I have to say, it's kind of fun. Um, you know, when you're, you might think, oh, dollar here, $2 there doesn't matter, but it does add up over time. So, you know, I try to look at different ways. I use uh, cards. So, you know, I get cash back on my everyday expenses. And there are a lot of cards that have, you know, great grocery rewards. Now, this might help you, you know, uh, you know uh, cut the costs of some of your spending. You can even get statement credits if you want to reduce the balance that you have. But the number one rule is do not carry a balance with a rewards credit card. They tend to have high rewards. And Polly, right now, just the average APR across all credit cards is around 20 or 21%. Oof, yeah. yeah. So it used, I used to say, don't use a rewards card way too high. And now they're way, way high. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, rewards cards are great. Um, I also use a travel rewards credit card and, uh, you know, we go on vacation and fly for free. So, you know, it, it has a lot of benefits, but you have to be careful with that budget and tracking your spending. You won't overspend with a credit card. Uh, I mean, you can always choose to do that, but hopefully you'll stick to your budget. Well, and online, it's so easy. We have a rewards credit card too, and I'll go in and I, I just did this. I bought something my, that my daughter needed for school, school, a school requirement for a class. And mm -hmm. while I was there, I got the ad that was like, oh, that would be cool too. And it, it wasn't very expensive, but that doesn't matter. Like I had to stop myself because over time, that $5 thing, that's $60 a year or whatever yeah. it is for me. And that's real money to me, you know? Yeah, it is real money. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, another thing that I started doing, and I can't believe I didn't start this 
earlier, but um, I use Rakuten, which is a cashback. Uh, you can get it as a browser extension, you know, on the web. And so now when I shop online and I honestly, I really don't like to shop. <laughs> I really don't like to go clothes shopping. I like having new things, but I don't like go and shop. I just don't have the patience for it. Uh, so if it's something I think I can guess, you know, as to what is the right size, because maybe I've used that brand before, you know, I try to shop online. Uh, you know, we're about to go on vacation, so I needed uh, a new swimsuit. So I get on Macy's and I find one that's on sale. Great. I was hoping it'd be on sale because it's the end of the season, which is another tip. Okay. Uh, but Rakuten said, you know, do you want 10% cash back on this? And I'm like, well, yes, I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so I've been able to get, you know, checks from Rakuten every couple of months and it's really been fun, you know, and, and all I did was just, you know, click on the button. Yes, I'll take that, you know, but the key is it was for something that I had to buy anyway. You know, I don't just hop on and see what, how much I can save with Rakuten. I have something in mind that I need to have. And then I go from there trying to find the lowest price. And if Rakuten works with that and I get even more cash back off that, then that's a win. So that's, that's something simple you can do just to try to cut back a little bit. I love the way you reframe this, Beverly, because you're taking it from a thing that feels like uh, a scarcity or a burden. Oh, I can't believe I can't afford a, a regular swimsuit or whatever to a puzzle, to a challenge, to a reward, to a win, right? I love coupons. I love it when I find, when I'm going to buy something and I find a little deal. I love the way you're reframing it, taking it from my place of anxiety and worry to a place like, Oh no, look at, there are options available. Just educate yourself and go looking for them. Make it a game, make it a reward. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I also find that, you know, even if I'm just saving a couple of bucks, I feel very empowered after I do this. <laughs> it feels like I've done something. I can't control high prices, but I can't control how I respond to this. And so that's what I've been trying to do. And when I do those cash credit copies on Instagram, you know, I... I keep it to under a minute. I don't know if you ever, ever noticed, but like 59 seconds. I want to give a tip. I do a coffee review and then give a tip all in about 59 seconds. But, you know, if I give people information and in small little bites, they'll remember it more, you know, because I won't be giving them so much information. Or I've also, you know, noticed that, especially on Instagram, I think because everything's so pretty, you know, all these pretty pictures, uh, people just really, you know, go from one thing to another so quickly. So I figure I have limited time to, to do that. But that's, that's part of my, you know, consumer advocacy that I, I try to do on social media. Assuming our credit card debt is all paid off because we're all going to go and pay that off today after listening to this, <laughs> is credit card debt the same as something like a home equity loan? Or if we pay off the credit card debt, where should we put our money next? Should we go and pay off all our debt? Should we pay off our house? Should we save for that emergency account you referred to? What do we do after? Yeah, that's a great question, Polly. You know, once you pay off your credit card debt, uh, you know, or home equity loans or, you know, whatever, the reason I don't like credit card debt, you know, it is in a kind of a different area. Okay, let's say, you know, your home, unless you really overpaid for it, you know, your home is what's considered a good debt. Okay. 
uh, because that's an investment, you know, and hopefully, you know, the value uh, will continue to increase. Uh, but credit card debt, that's what we call bad debt. You know, I like to call it toxic debt because it's really that bad. Be a fantastic money management tool. You know, you can earn rewards and uh, even budget with it. You know, I, I have like a line item for every credit card I have in my budget. How much can I put on each card? Hmm. And so that's how I make sure I never carry a balance and I maximize the benefit from you know, using several different credit cards. But yeah, if you carry a balance, that's, um, that is not what you want to do. Even student loans, you know, uh, you know, some people have got, and I'm not really talking about those who, you know, have a hundred thousand um, dollars and they got a degree that's not very marketable. You know, I think that that's another problem that does need to be addressed, but, you know, at least with student loans, that's an investment in yourself. Okay. And that will pay off your entire life, not just the, the, what you learned, but the networking skills you developed, the people you will know for the rest of your life, hopefully you make good friends. So, uh, yeah, that's a good question. You do have to differentiate. I do suggest, you know, pay, if you've got uh, credit card debt and it's very high interest, which now it usually is, if you still have a good credit score, I would recommend using a balance transfer credit card. And with these cards, you get a 0% APR, that's the interest rate on a credit card, for a certain period of time. Right now, the top balance transfer cards will give you anywhere from uh, 15 to about 21 months. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you can get approved and transfer your credit card balance to that credit card, you don't have to pay interest. You continue to pay off your debt, your credit card debt, at a zero interest rate. So, you know, with the goal being that, you know, you either have it completely paid off when that intro period runs out or you've paid it down so much that you at least saved a lot of money that way. You have to make regular payments. There's often a transfer fee, which is about 3%, but most people find that uh, the fee is worth it for all the interest that you'd save. So that, you know, that's one thing you can do if you do have credit card debt and you don't know what to do next. Yeah, I mean, if you're paying 3% to transfer, but you're paying 19% or 20% for the monthly interest, exactly. yeah. yeah. Yeah, these are great options. I mean, there are lots of resources available. And I'm telling you what, get inspired by going to Beverly on Instagram for the cash credit coffee tips. Pick up her book, The Debt Escape Plan, How to Free Yourself from Credit Card Balances, Boost Your Credit Score, and Live Debt Free. Beverly, any parting shots, anything else we should keep in mind before we let you go today? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you know, one thing that I want people to be, you know, really aware of is what is your credit score? I don't want you to obsess over it. Okay. There are a lot. <laughs> of, so I'm telling you to monitor it, but maybe once a month, you know, it does take time for it to go up. If something's happened and you're trying to rebuild credit, just be patient. Okay. But the two most important things for having a good credit score, and this is important right now, should you ever need to get uh, you know, let's say you did need to buy a new roof and you didn't have, uh, you know, an emergency fund, a 0% APR credit card uh, for purchases also exists. And you could qualify for that card to help pay off your roof in monthly installments without paying interest. So uh, again, I'll repeat that. It's a 0% purchase APR credit card. So if you've got a great score, you just have a lot of options for getting yourself out of trouble. So back to the score, the two most important things 
are payment history. It's 35% of your score. You want to pay all your bills on time, not just your credit card bill, every bill. You know, if you go for a long time without paying a bill, even a cell phone bill, it, you know, that lender could report it to the credit bureaus, which makes your score go down. So pay attention to all your bills. If you have credit cards, keep a low credit utilization ratio. Now, that's the amount of credit you've used compared to the amount you have available. So let's say it's $1,000, your credit limit, just to make the math easy for me. <laughs> so 30%, you're, you shouldn't have a balance higher than $300 with that particular credit limit. Now, you can go up if you need to buy something and it costs more, but you can also make two payments during the month to keep that ratio down. Now, your available credit and how much you still have available, that's 30% of your score. So 65% just by paying bills on time and not letting your balance mm. go high. Um, so there you go. That's, uh, that's the key to a good credit score. I feel inspired and I have, I can honestly say I rarely feel inspired when I think about money, but, but you make <laughs> this, you know, you're sitting there telling us your story. You have done this, right. And you yeah. educated yourself and it's hopeful. Yeah. How can we find you? How can we work with you? How can we read your articles and your books? I'm at BeverlyHarzog.com and there's a way to contact me on my website, uh, my books are uh, on Amazon Great. and Barnes Noble. And U.S. News and World Report, we can find your column. You have a column there, articles? I do. I have a weekly column there, uh, usnews.money, and then just click on the credit card vertical. Cool. And the advice uh, columns will just pop up there. All right. And you can find me at polycampbell.com or polycampbell.substack.com for the Simply Said community. If you want to join us where we talk more about this stuff we just try to figure it all together about how to live well do good and be happy and i think uh already i feel easier right we don't need to have money anxiety it doesn't mean it's easy but it means it's something that we can learn and experiment with and grow with so that we're in charge of managing the money we already have and that will help us all live well do good and be happy hi i'm mark and i'm peter we're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast Networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.